Hello, all you lovely souls who revel in embracing life just as I do. This is Nirja Malik and you are welcome into my world of I Embrace. And what do we intend to do here? We delve into the many layers and shades of my life, exploring resilience, positivity, strength, and the inherent fun and laughter that lies deep within each of us. Interludes from my own exciting and adventurous journey, my personal battles and victories that have brought forth innumerable lessons in my life. It is these learnings that I place on a golden platter with utmost humility for your personal consumption. Hello, beloved listeners. It is such a wonderful thing that I'm able to share every feeling every experience, every emotion with you as I went through it. And sharing it with you makes it ever so beautiful. So in 1981, we had gone to London because my husband was the export manager for Hindustan Leavers. We lived in a beautiful place called Holly Tree Close. So you came from Putney into Wimbledon. The Wimbledon Common was on the right. Special lanes for horses and cycles and a windmill. And on the left, the first left turn, first driveway was our home. I loved going to all the holy places. Visited all the churches even the Gurdwaras, ate a lot of langar. I realized that food is a very important part of my <laughs> spiritual leanings. <laughs> well, I say it with a lot of glee and happiness because that too, the earth has given us. That too, our soulmates have toiled on the earth sown the seeds, the water has irrigated it, nourished it, nurtured it. And by the time the chain actually brings the food to our table, gosh, so much of love and affection, till it is cooked and we consume it. I think every moment of every day, we need to be grateful. I am for every morsel that I eat and every bite that I taste. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So while I was in London, there were certain incidents that happened. 
I had a dream or should I say a nightmare where I felt that I could see my father in Ashwini. Ashwini is the Indian Naval Hospital ship and that's what it's called. That's the Naval Hospital in Bombay. So I could hear the waves. I could see my father standing in his white kurta pajama outside a particular room. I could see the dark green walls lower down, the lighter green on top. I could visualize everything. I was living it. So I woke up from this nightmare, this very visually and audio alive situation of my father being in the hospital. And though it was four in the morning there, obviously it was so many hours later in India, I quickly dialed the home number. After a while, my sister picked up the phone and she said, what's up? And I mean, what are you doing calling us so early London time, your time? And I said, you know, I've had a horrible nightmare. She said, what? I said, I thought that Papa's in the hospital and he's going in for a surgery. I could feel the waves. I can tell you which room. And I described everything to her. It was so fresh in my mind. There was a pregnant pause and then she said, Oh God, you and your dramatic situations. Wait, I'll call Papa. So my dad came to the phone and uh, spoke to him. And I felt relieved that he's fine. And never really, in the next 15, 16 days, never really insisted on talking to him. Because when I say, where's Papa? He's gone out for a meeting. He's taking the dogs for a walk. There always was a ready reason. I didn't realize that it was a ready excuse, not a reason. 16 days later, and that's how long they would take at the hospital then to have an open surgery as opposed to the laser surgeries nowadays. They called me up and they spoke to me and this is what they said. He was in the car with his backpack on his way to the hospital to get a surgery, a very, very difficult surgery. And uh, I had called at that precise moment. So my sister had run down, told him to come up, talk to me. And when he came home on the 16th day, that is when they called up and they said that, you know, when you called, this is what had happened. ESP, extrasensory perception. I mean, these things happen to me often. What is it? And then I realized that this is how people communicated without telephones, without any form of communication, laptops, uh, cell phones, anything, video calls, no. It was just the vibrations that got through to them. That is how they communicated. 
Or when you think of someone, suddenly that person calls, what is it? Vibrations? Isn't it? I think I always give vibrations great importance because that was one situation. They didn't want to worry me. They felt that if I knew that he was going for a surgery and I was so far away, what could I have done? So they kept quiet, little knowing that somehow or the other I'd crack what they were doing and uh, figure it out for myself. This brings me to another incident. Somehow or the other in those days, I always had a writing pad and a pen on my bedside table with a lamp that you just touched on the switch and it would come to life. And once more on the 6th of March, 1983, I woke up sweating profusely, my heart beating wildly against my chest as if it would break through the ribcage. And I got up and I wrote it down. And what was it this time? This time, I felt as if I was in Pune with my mother and father standing around my bed. And I am on the bed. I can see an oxygen cylinder. I can see my family around me. And I felt as if I was sinking. One by one, the organs of my body stopped working. And the last to go was my hearing. I could hear all my family members around me. And then I felt light. I felt that I had left my body. I felt that I was walking into a tunnel of golden light. And suddenly I woke up, tears gushing down my eyes. And I wrote, I wrote this entire experience down. And within a short while, I got a call from India saying that my aunt was no more. When we came back in June of that year, I always shared what I have written or what I speak about with my sister and her husband. And I shared this written situation or this written experience. And you know what? They were stunned and they said that this is exactly what happened when my aunt passed away. It was as if I had gone through the entire motions of her moving on to a different realm, a different space to rest or to merge into the lotus feet of the Lord. Well, it's a very soothing thing because you see death, it hits you in the face, but at the same time, it shows you that there's nothing to fear. 
that you are leaving this realm only to get into something much more beautiful, better and so soul satisfying. Yes, that's what life is, isn't it? It comes with the good and the bad. It comes with the highs and the lows. It comes with the beautiful and the ugly or sad. It comes in all its hues and colors. And what do we need to do? We just need to embrace life in all that it offers us. Because we are a part of that life. That life is ours. The universe is ours. The world is ours. The planet is ours. The moon, the sun, the clouds, the rain, the water, the trees, the animals. We're all one. Connected, deeply connected and part of the same. Isn't it so? What a wonderful word it is. I consider myself very lucky to be having these wonderful experiences. And it doesn't end there. I remember that when I was diagnosed with cancer, I already had enrolled for a Reiki class. So I was diagnosed on Friday the 13th, February 1998. And uh, when people came to know, you won't believe it, that day 70 people came over, 25 stayed on for dinner. <laughs> and I went to Bombay on the 16th because my mother said that your entire support system is in Bombay. You have your husband and twins who are seven. And what they proposed to do was to send an elderly lady who would look after my children while I came to Bombay for my treatment, which of course meant surgery, chemotherapy, radiation. The next morning, 25 people landed up at the airport to bid me adieu. And they all came laden with cards, get well soon cards, filled with their love and affection and feelings for me. I got onto the plane. It was like a barat, you know. <laughs> there was such an atmosphere of love. I think the love pervaded more than any sorrow or, you know, what she's going for, nothing. It was as if they, they were there all heart to see me start off on another journey of my life. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because I feel very blessed to have different experiences with different gods and goddesses. When I was diagnosed till the day I left, 
I had already enrolled in a Reiki course and I told my masters, I said, I've been diagnosed, so I cannot come on the 14th and 15th because this is what's happened. They landed up on the 13th evening at my place also. And they said, come in between your tests, come. We will start you off on group healing. And that's what I did. So while I was sitting on the plane with these cards, with flowers and bursting with the love that each one had for me, I realized that the whole plane is filled to capacity, except the seat next to mine. I was on an aisle seat, except the seat next to mine. And as we took off, I started opening the cards. I forgot to tell you that someone got in touch with me. I had my spiritual godmother and her family who were very closely connected and disciples of Satya Sai Baba. So someone actually approached me and said that they got a message from him saying that this is just to wipe away my karmas and I will be fine. So as I read these cards, I just felt a kind of an orange hue next to me. It was a very comforting thing, a comforting feeling of being enveloped in a love that was so uplifting, so reassuring and made me feel so secure. I read the cards with no feeling of, oh my God, what's going to happen to me? I read the cards knowing that each word, each prayer, each thought and emotion that was expressed to me was going to help me carry me through the journey with all their prayers and best wishes. That was also a moment of revelation and gratitude to the Lord to have put all these people in my life who cared for me so much, who loved me so much, whether it was my family, my friends, my neighbors, even the security, even the postman, even the milkman, even the people who were running the shops in the neighborhood. It was as if the whole world had come forward to show their support to me. And yes, once when the medicine was going through every bit of my circulatory system and there was pain in my entire body. I was sitting at the edge of a bed. I could not rest against the back breast. I could not let my body touch the bed. I was sitting on the edge of the bed because anywhere that I touched would pain. And people ask me, did you ever reach that point of despair? And I said, yes, I did. I am human after all. 
it was in that painful moment when i was sitting on the edge of the bed not being able to lie down not being able to rest anywhere that i put my head on my hand my elbow on my knee as if to say oh lord i can't take it anymore i was in the depths of despair yes my family my kids my friends they were all in my mind but at that fleeting moment it was as if i couldn't take any more and suddenly i felt a gentle pressure on my head and i opened my eyes and i felt as if shirdi sai baba was standing there blessing me he was there one hand on my head one hand open blessing me as if to say those famous words when i am here why fear i was filled with life i was filled with strength and energy and then since then there's been no looking back i've been through worse even after that but i feel that all these friends all these masters all these saints all these gods and goddesses they're all with me i live for the day i take one day at a time and life goes on i think everything depends on the attitude i never waste time regretting i don't waste time worrying i don't waste time tearing things apart and saying oh my god analyzing no something has happened look it in the face sdpa study diagnosis plan of action i always tell people all the ones i've counseled imagine your life in a circle imagine your pencil right in the center being you and then you've got all these problems lift yourself from that circle step out of it and look at it objectively not subjectively while you are inside and all the solutions will come to you that is how i live moment to moment and i know that there is a power beyond me that is guiding me that is holding my hand that is leading me through whatever adversities that may come my way and it is such a feeling that i wish that everyone is blessed with it because it just changes the perception it may not change what you are going through but it changes the way you perceive things to instill you with that strength and energy that can make you overcome all odds all adversities 
and I bless everyone that they have this same feelings of being guided, being loved, being taken care of and being lovingly taken from point to point. My dear listeners, thank you for letting me share all these feelings with you and I hope that somehow or the other you benefit of finding God's grace of taking us through everything. God bless. God is great. Thank you. I Embrace isn't just about my journey of conquering cancer. It's about embracing life in all its entanglement and beauty. Remember, in this journey of life, you are never alone. And I need to thank you for becoming a part of this inspiring journey. Thank you for joining me today on I Embrace and my heartfelt wishes. Stay resilient, stay positive, and most importantly, keep embracing life in all its glory.